Welcome to episode 30 of Jesus and the Meteorologist. My name is Kevin Cookagee, and I'm your host. Our subject is discernment, and our aim is to teach, to elevate your minds, and to exalt your courage, to accelerate and animate your industry and activity, and to excite in you an ambition to excel in every capacity, faculty, and virtue. Our mission is to inspire young men and women and their parents to understand the present in order to prepare for the future, a task that necessarily demands a proper interpretation of the past. Our aim is to highlight the antithesis between the way of the Lord and the ways of the world, between the truth of Scripture and the opinions of men, so that we might reflect the light of life in a culture of death. And I love the fact that my icebergs are already laughing, excited because... Because why? Yeah. We're laughing because it is what? It's the 30th episode. It's the 30th episode of Jesus and the Meteorologist. So we're going to start off with a little celebration here. Everybody get up and dance on the table. So so what was really making you laugh so much as we were coming in? Um, I think I burped. Or something that it was making eyebrows at me. on yeah. the mic. <clears throat> All right, and I also like this. So I have a favorite style of music, at least. I, I always told my daughters I would love to have mariachi music played at their weddings. Well, last year, two of my daughters, my oldest two, got married, and neither of them played any mariachi music. So being that this is my program, and it's the 30th anniversary of our first episode, or not anniversary, 30th episode... Episodursary. Episodursary. <laughs> you can't have an anniversary. Because I know. That's why I said Anna. That's why. I, that's why I changed it and said thirty. Yeah, it's episodes. just the thirtieth episode. Yeah. All right. I want to play a little mariachi music, and here we go. <laughs> that's yes. one lonely trumpet. <laughs> that is great. Very lonely. So we'll reprise that. Uh, Hang on to this episode because at the end we're going to do a little party. Between now and then, though, we're going to talk about something more serious. And uh, in a little bit of a departure from our normal routine, I'm going to read from an article. I'll give you all of the specs on the article. It's from Epic Times, dateline April 17th, 2022. And the title of the article is Beijing's Elite Capture Strategy Was a Success. And this is in reference to a book written by Mr. Peter Schweitzer. Peter Schweitzer, author of the book Red-Handed, How American Elites Get Rich Helping China, said the Chinese Communist Party's entry into the World Trade Organization changed the global economic structure in large part because it unleashed the regime's strategy of gaining control of America's elite class so they would do Beijing's bidding. Schweitzer calls this strategy elite capture, and the Communist Party of China's plan was to target the top levels of big tech, entertainment, education, Wall Street, as well as politics. It's going to give the CCP leverage over them, the elites, because once the CCP, that's the Communist Party, of, or the Chinese Communist Party, touched them and made them rich, or as some CCP officials have said, since they've tasted the honey that they've been offered, they will not want to give it back and they will not want to give it up, said Schweitzer. So that gives enormous leverage to Beijing over elements of our leadership class. 
U.S. foreign policy and the conventional wisdom of the elite class was that if the West engaged with the CCP, it would become more liberal and less repressive of its own people. Now, this is, by the way, departing from the article for a moment, Richard Nixon did this beginning in the 70s. He was the one that believed that we could open up uh, trade with China and that it would only be trade and that China would become more like us. And it was this thinking, back to the article, that allowed the CCP to join the World Trade Organization at the end of 2001. Schweitzer says this strategy not only failed but has been disastrous for the globe. The CCP has become more repressive, more aggressive on the global stage. So I think that our political and corporate elites have a lot of accounting to do for their failure. Of course, they made a lot of money by pushing this position. Schweitzer likened the elite capture strategy to decapitating U.S. leadership, leaving U.S. citizenry suffering. But in fact, the head has been effectively cut off. It's been co-opted. It's been bought. And so the rest of the body, which is the United States and the average citizen, suffers. Schweitzer also says the heads of some of the big tech companies like Tesla, Google, Facebook, etc. have been taken in by the dictatorial regime's, quote, efficiency and getting market shares in the world's most populous country. Elon Musk, despite what he is doing now at Twitter, which I believe has the potential to be a good thing, I only say potential because when we talk about his Chinese ties here, it may give you pause for his his activities at Twitter. You're familiar with his activities at Twitter, right? Yeah. How he has um, he's trying to force the hand of the board to sell the entire company to him. The board is very fearful that they will lose the ability to control the speech of anyone on that platform. Ironically, they say that Elon Musk will be able to. Um, <laughs> I forget the exact quote, but they're afraid that he's going to interfere with their controls of people's speech. Yeah, exactly. This quote-unquote safe space they've created, that they've taken so much time to create. Yeah. So in that regard, what Elon Musk is doing is is a good thing. But I say potentially good, and this may give you pause, because if you were not aware, Musk has even said that the Chinese dictatorial regime is efficient. They're so quickly responsive to the needs of the Chinese people. This is a quote. Which, of course, if you have a dictatorship, you don't have to worry about civil rights, property rights, independent judiciary, etc., said Schweitzer. He goes on to say, if you're Bill Gates and you're worth $100 billion, being able to access the Chinese market is important for the continued growth of your company. Well, in the past, Elon Musk used to criticize the Chinese regime, but that has changed, or he has changed his position after striking a deal with the CCP. So the question is, said Schweitzer, what has changed? Well, what's changed is Elon Musk has become business partners with the Chinese Communist Party. They built him a large factory, a Tesla factory in China, which is now churning out a number of large vehicles. He's already said he's going to take the design studios out of California and move them to China. Musk doing business in China also poses a security risk because some of the technologies that Tesla uses in its cars are the same technology software that is being used on his company's launch satellites. And by the way, I'll show you students in the studio here. If you haven't seen this, I'm showing them a picture of the Tesla facility 
I believe it says Shanghai, right? I've got my computer screen turned toward you now. Yeah, yes. it says Shanghai. Shanghai, which is a city that's currently locked down by the Communist Party and literally locking people in their apartments to try to avoid a virus. Continuing with our article, Schweitzer says, anyone who gets entangled in doing business with China that requires their good graces for their business to continue to operate is going to end up basically doing what Beijing wants, because if they don't, Beijing is going to destroy that business. Artificial intelligence, AI, is an important area of tech development, and it's been said that whoever dominates there, meaning in the, in the space or the sphere of artificial intelligence, will indeed have a global economic and military advantage. Our biggest and brightest companies, like Google and Microsoft, are actually subsidizing research laboratories in China that are linked to the Chinese military. So they're helping them in the competition against us. Schweitzer says this is extraordinary and troubling, as I think you would agree. Google has plowed ahead, happy, happy to do so at the same time. I don't know whether you know this, but a couple of years ago, during the Trump administration... Google employees actually submitted a petition to an executive saying that they did not want to work on any U.S. military research contracts with the Pentagon. At the same time, they are doing work for the Chinese military and providing technology to them. It's really a stunning development. U.S. laws have allowed these tech companies to become successful and profitable, and yet they don't recognize the role that our system of government and governance has played in granting them that success and that opportunity, and they're actually subsidizing our enemies. Google's work with AI in China will help the CCP's military to attack our own country and our own country's satellites. You're required by Chinese national security law, which means if you violate it, you're going to jail for a very long time. You're required to take any civilian technology or capability that you have and find application to Chinese military. So if Google creates an app or Facebook is over there, whatever the technology is, as a condition of being allowed to operate in Chinese sovereign territory, you must make that technology available to China and to find a military application for it. In addition, if you are a business operating in China, anything that you have that you own, whether it's intellectual property, whether it's data on citizens in China or overseas, meaning here in America, that information is available to the Chinese state whenever they ask for it. U.S. big tech only cares about their profitability and power instead of treating the CCP for what it is, a repressive dictatorial regime that brutalizes its own people, said Schweitzer. Listen to this. Did you know that Facebook attempted to link China with the United States via an undersea cable a number of times, but the projects were halted at least then, after the U.S. Department of Justice made a recommendation against the projects due to national security concerns. Now, I would say, going off the article again, that it makes me very concerned whether that would still be the case during the current administration, which seems to be all too friendly and obviously compromised with respect to the Bidens and China. Facebook's Hong Kong America project was first proposed in 2018 by a group made up of a Facebook and number of Chinese companies, including China Telecom. The plan was for the fiber optic cable to link up Hong Kong and a site in Taiwan with two sites in California. Another joint Facebook-Google undersea cable called Pacific Light Cable Network, PLCN, 
was withdrawn in September 2020 due to national security concerns from the Trump Department of Justice. Did somehow Facebook or Google not know that Chinese intelligence was going to use this as a massive gateway to spy on Americans? Schweitzer says he wants to believe and thinks it's pretty obvious that Facebook and Google knew exactly what opportunity existed. They certainly have more technological knowledge than the Department of Justice, but the bottom line is they didn't care. He then moves to, Schweitzer does, to talk about Wall Street. He said Goldman Sachs was instrumental in helping the CCP access and profit from the U.S. markets. You don't have to go very far at all on Wall Street to find a major firm that has contributed to where China is today in terms of its economic growth. But at the end of the day, when push comes to shove, it's the CCP that maintains control. Goldman Sachs started it. Other big firms have perfected it. Blackstone, you may have heard that name, and BlackRock. Sounds like Treadstone. (laughs) (laughs) Except this is real. Blackstone and BlackRock invest regularly in Chinese companies. When the Chinese government was privatizing companies and giving away ownership stakes to either political families in Beijing or to favor Wall Street clients, these big firms benefited enormously. Schweitzer said he knows of about two dozen former elected U.S. senators or congressmen who now lobby on behalf of Chinese intelligence and military-linked firms. Can you imagine that? Two dozen former U.S. senators now lobbying on behalf of Chinese intelligence and military-linked firms. Schweitzer says, I'm just talking about military and intelligence-linked firms, and they are petitioning our government. They want favors. They want to get off restricted lists they might be on. They try to change the, change the perception. Huawei, for example, trying to convince people that, no, we don't have any links to the Chinese intelligence apparatus, which is absurd. Of course they do. Every company in China, as we already covered, is required to do this, whether they're a Chinese company or a foreign company. Elite Capture has worked for a minimal investment by the Communist Party. They've enriched members of our leadership class, meaning in America, And that leadership class has, in turn, done China's bidding, Chinese Communist Party bidding, effectively doing their lobbying in and against the interests of the United States. When we return, the Icebergs and I will examine this stunning report from the perspective of Christian pastors in America. You are listening to Jesus and the Meteorologists. There are citizens in Tennessee working to reclaim the practice of self-governance in our state and ensure that a constitutional, Republican form of government is preserved to future generations. We are Tennessee Stands. Do you want to get off the sidelines and learn how to stand for liberty in your community? Join us at TennesseeStands.org and on social media at Tennessee Stands. Welcome back to Jesus and the Meteorologists, a weekly squidget, now 30 times in, devoted to the topic of discernment. My name is Kevin Kukichi, and I am still your host. In the interest of time, after that long article in the first section, we're going to jump right into the Palaces of Analysis, because I want to tell you about something I heard from the pulpit on Easter Sunday. And then we'll circle back around to connect the dots with the Epic Times piece about China that I read. On Easter Sunday, 2022, I heard one of our pastors pray, quote, 
Lord, give our federal, state, and local magistrates wisdom in these difficult times. Discern anything there? This wasn't the first time I've heard this from the pulpit, by the way. But what's the assumption behind such a prayer? I'll repeat it again. It's just a squidget or a segment of this prayer. Lord, give our federal, state, and local magistrates wisdom in these difficult times. What is the assumption behind that sentence? That it's not our, like, it's not their fault. Ah, not whose fault? What is Political magistrates. Yeah. Magistrates. <laughs> right? As if these difficult times just came upon us by accident and that the civil authorities are simply operating in good faith trying to help us out, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So give them wisdom? We just examined a comprehensive story from the Epic Times about how our own government is looking the other way when not actively participating in the giving away of national security secrets and technology to our enemies. How is this acceptable? Or is it? It's not. It's not acceptable. Are they going to ignore the danger? Stick their heads in the sand? You know, the old ostrich reference. Who's they? The church or the... Or leadership. Well, both. The political leadership and then the church when it prays for the political leadership. So more in that sequence. Mm -hmm. Are they going to stick their heads in the sand convincing themselves that our enemies, this will be our political leaders and business leaders, are not actually going to use the technology against us? If we go back to that Epic Times piece toward the end, talking about the Facebook and Google connecting the California with, um, what was it called? Undersea cable, Pacific Light Cable Network, and undersea cable, fiber optic cable to link Hong Kong, Taiwan, and two sites in California. Do you think they really think that, oh, well, China wouldn't use that for any nefarious purpose? No, I think, like you said earlier, they just don't care whether or not China uses it for a nefarious purpose. And why don't they care, Winnie? Because if they're using it for their own gain, what does it matter if some other people suffer for it? So... And that's stunning, isn't it? That, yes. That they would sell out their own citizens. Sell out the foundation on which they were able to build their company. Right. Absolutely. Could they have built these companies in China 50 years ago? No. 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 Now, they may be able to build them in China today, but the only way they could build them in China today is because China has benefited from 50 years of stealing secrets and influencing Americans to give them secrets and technology. So now China is in a position where they can actually tempt <clears throat> these businesses because their population is so large, right? So yep. they use their own population as an audience to buy the products and services of American companies. The American companies become enamored with and addicted to the profit that they can make. But Let's go back to this one principal question. <clears throat> Winnie, we talked about the profitability. They don't really care, right? They, these heads of these tech companies and the, and the governors and executives and legislators that are greasing the skids of the political machinations that help these businesses do these deals, what do they have to assume when they undermine American security like this? What is it that they are assuming, whether they're saying it or not? Uh, when it comes to the danger that they're bringing upon Americans. Are they assuming that the danger won't come on them as well? Exactly. Go horn. <laughs> <laughs> Why? They would have to, right? Yeah, because if they really, 
if they really thought that they were going to be threatened, they wouldn't do those kinds of deals. Yeah, I mean, don't all all bad guys, all criminals, all um, dishonest people, if they believed that they were going to be the ones falling into the trap that they're digging for someone else, they wouldn't dig the trap, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They always believe, whether they argue or not, that <laughs> we're not going to fall into this trap. And so these businesses who are selling out the security and the freedom and opportunity of their fellow American citizens are doing it in exchange for profit, believing that that profit will somehow insulate them, right, from the Chinese Communist Party's goals and intents. I think they're sadly mistaken. I think in the short term, they'll benefit, and that's why they don't like borders. But in the long term, once their overlords, being now the the communist leaders in China, it's very important that we distinguish because the people of any country are not the same as their leadership, right? Yeah. And we know there are hundreds of millions of Christians and there are billions of other citizens in China that don't have anything to do with their governing philosophy. They're mere subjects. So when we refer to China, we refer to the communist party in China that is responsible for doing this. Likewise, or a corollary, is that the Americans who are doing business are not doing business with or to benefit the Chinese people. They may claim they are. They're actually enslaving and furthering the difficulty of the Chinese people when they engage with their overlords and benefit their overlords to continue to repress their own people. Well, I think I'll ask it to the, to the class here, the icebergs. When do you think that the tables would be turned against those who are helping the Communist Party achieve their goals? Well, as soon as the Communist Party of China doesn't need those companies for their goals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when when do you think that would be? What What is the tipping point when they no longer need Facebook, Apple, Google, Twitter? Once they when, have all the information. Yeah, yeah, once they control the U.S. The only reason they need these companies is because the U.S. Is, still has some remaining fraction of privacy from China. But as soon as they don't, as soon as China has access to the United States on all those frontiers, they yeah. won't need those companies. Yeah. And you have to believe... There's only two possibilities. Either the heads of these tech companies in America believe that they're going to be insulated from whatever harm is going to come upon them. (laughs) Or I guess one of the other alternatives is maybe they do suspect that harm is going to come upon them, but they are atheistic in their belief and they're they're of the mindset, well, it'll happen far enough down the road that I'm going to enjoy this – these temporal benefits, right? This material wealth for as long as I can, then I don't – I don't know. It's 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 wicked and evil either way, and it's dangerous. But if you didn't know before, before you've read this article, and I'm I'm putting it on this episode so I can, can encourage people to listen to it, and you can read the Epic Times article, and I, I quoted it today because it's a great summary. These things have been happening for many years, but it was a great summary of it putting it putting it in one location. And I'm speaking directly to today as well to American evangelical pastors. Now you know. Right, And once a person knows something, what comes with knowledge? Responsibility. Responsibility. Culpability, right? Do you think American pastors could really be this undiscerning? Why would an American pastor, and it's not just this one, I just pick one because it happened to be at the church that I'm attending, but I hear friends and colleagues say that it's happening in churches all across America, that there are pastors who believe that their duty, rightly, is to pray for pastors, but they pray for them in a very general sense like that. Pray for pastors. 
Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Pray for our government leaders and governing authorities. And they pray for them as if everything around us that's happening is an accident, right? Yeah. Do they not really understand that the same source and cause of the vast majority of difficulties in which we find ourselves today were self-imposed by those whose job it is to secure our liberties and to preserve our sovereignty under God? So I'll ask you guys, what has contributed more to these difficult times than a government whose officials rebel against God, deliberately undermining our liberty and security and stealing power that rightly belongs to the people, all so that they might grant special privileges and favors to themselves and businesses who seek our subjection to their unlawful demands? Is there anything that is contributing more to our problems than that? Maybe the Communist Party of China. <laughs> but they're doing it in in collaboration with yeah, exactly. our own people, mm-hmm. right? In other words, at if this, I, Yeah, at this point, the connection is so strong that it's almost the same thing. Yeah, it's so pervasive. It appears, I know there are particulars and particular individuals and organizations within leadership, but there's so few and far between and the corruption is so pervasive that China, this is why he calls it elite capture strategy. Schweitzer, the author, well, the author of the book, the article was about the author of the book. So we're kind of like in a subcategory, <laughs> yeah. right? But the reason he speaks of that as elite capture is this is part of the, uh, it's a brilliant comprehensive strategy if you are the Chinese Communist Party and your aim is to take over the world. Because you don't have to do it with slings and arrows. You don't have to do it with weapons of war. You buy the influence, and before long, you have control. They're, the leaders of your enemy are going along with you, right? Yeah. So they're they're subjecting us to their diabolical schemes. Yeah, and I was going to say— It's really a Trojan horse. <laughs> I was going to say, when Roger said um, that you, they're almost the same thing, it reminded me um, of at the end of Animal Farm, when you can't tell the difference between the pigs and the men. What a great reference. They now, see, this that. is why you guys are icebergs. <laughs> well, not two in a row because I, I think that, that one was <clears throat> a couple episodes, episodes back. ago. I but. just read that recently, so I was like... <laughs> Little Red Riding Hood. All the books. Animal Farm. That's a goal. Communist pigs. Animal Farm. Two goals. Yeah, it's, it's unserious, and this is, a, this is a real problem. It's unserious for any American pastor to believe... He has fulfilled his duty to pray for government leaders simply by saying, we pray for the wisdom for our local, state, and federal magistrates in difficult times. When it is those federal, state, and local magistrates who are responsible for either creating or at least contributing to this problem of difficult times, even simply by not being aware, right? Some of them may claim, well, I didn't know this was happening. Well, it is your duty to know that this is happening. All right, so let me ask this question before we go to break. We know from Scripture, of course, that we are called to pray for our political leaders, right? Our governing authorities is actually the term. Yeah. But in light of today's discussion, how should we pray for our leaders? If we're not to just pray for our leaders to have wisdom in difficult times, how is it that we are to obey Scripture in this regard? We should pray that God would open their eyes and change their hearts. Bingo. Man, what do you Another call Another goal that? horn. <laughs> All right. Roger called it. Oh One more goal horn. <laughs> wow. 
Dish it's out. just a blowout. Penguins are up three nothing. Dishing out goal Dishing out. Second got so three, like hot, three like, goals in the second like period. Cakes. Up three nothing. Yeah. Um, One more and she'll get a hat trick. <laughs> no, we got three. No, Winnie got two. So this one more good comment. Yeah. Winnie, <laughs> what's another word for that? Right? Or there, what is a word that we use to describe someone whose heart has been turned and changed toward God? Begins with an R. Repentance. Repentance. <laughs> Go whore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, may as well. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Finally Wait got my a own minute. Finding a pattern, everyone gets a goal horn. Oh no no no! I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not implying. <laughs> I'm not implying that. Everyone's a winner. Just trying to make a little, make a little light of this serious subject. Yeah, the proper prayer for a sinner or a fool is not that God would grant him wisdom, but rather for that sinner and that fool to what? Repent. To repent. To repent. Yeah, our Christian pastors must pray for our governing authorities, but they must pray for the repentance of those civil authorities who knowingly violate both their legal and their spiritual authority. Legal in the, in the sense that they are governing against us without our consent, right, under the Constitution, and spiritual to the extent that under Romans 13, because in America we don't have a king, as we've talked about in this program before, but the people are the governing authorities. Well, when those governing authorities take that action without the consent or against the consent of the people— they're not only violating the Constitution, but they're also violating Scripture by not obeying the governing authorities, being us, the people. Only then are we going to see the power of God manifested in our political communities and our liberties restored. By the way, if these political leaders do not repent, or if God does not remove and replace them with the men like Issachar, or the, like the men of Issachar, as we always quote at the end of our episode, who understand the times and know what to do— What's going to be the result, in particular with the subject we talked about today? If these political leaders and business leaders don't repent, what's the consequence? We have to bear the consequences. And what are those consequences? I mean, death and destruction. Mm. Yeah, we're all going to be living under communism right here in America, right? Unless anyone pretend, because you still hear this in our culture, that communism is just a different idea, right? It's a different form of government. Well, remember, this same communism, even today, is the ideology that's imprisoning 28 million people alone in Shanghai, literally locking them in their homes, treating them as human experiments, denying them food, water, medicine, freedom of movement, and other basic human rights, all in the vain attempt to stomp out an invisible virus. That's communism, and that would be coming to America if we do not have repentance of our political and business leaders who are inviting this into our own backyard. And it won't, by the way, the difficult times that we face will not be an accident. Right? It won't just be difficult times that we're to pray about. The responsibility for that, in fact, will fall squarely on the American pastors who, instead of praying for the repentance of their political leaders, simply dispense with their duty by offering trite petitions that God would give wisdom to these rebels. When we return, we're going to add a little celebratory flourish to conclude this special 30th episode of Jesus and the Meteorologists. So I wrote a little book all the way back in 2009 
to address what was happening in America and what was likely to happen if we did not take corrective action. Unfortunately, too many of my predictions are coming true. The only surprise is the speed at which we have reached the precipice. The title of that little book is The Experts, and you can buy it on our webpage. Just go to JesusAndTheMeteorologist.com, click the image of the little brown book, and we'll send it to you for only $9.99. And then be sure to let me know what you think. Welcome back to Jesus and the Meteorologist. My name is Kevin Kukaji. I am your host, and we're going to bump out of this episode with a little celebration today. All right, back to this. Well, credit to Cool and the Gang. So I want to ask you guys, what is, uh, do you have a favorite episode? We've now done 30 of them, and although the three of you in this room, being Winnie, being Roger, and being Penelope, have been on the majority of episodes, each of you have missed one or two along the way for different reasons, sickness, travel, unable to get here for automobile or other reasons. So do you have a favorite either episode or a favorite moment from any episode? I, I mean, like, all the goal horns I was going to say, I like the goal, yeah. all the goal horns today. That was a pretty <laughs> was great fun. moment. All right. Yeah. Winnie, what else? Hmm, I enjoyed episode 29. And also, I like the one where we talked about the um, truck drivers. I thought that was very eye-opening. Ah, yes, the Canadian. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was a good one. Yep. Uh, that yeah. was, And that was helped along, of course, by that fantastic letter. Yes. Was that in the same episode? Yes, Yeah, a fantastic yeah, letter a... by Canadian pastors, pastors. who understood mm-hmm. the times. They were like the men of Issachar for sure. Yeah. Wait, so remind me, I know we're only in episode 30, but remind me what we did last week. What was That was about abortion. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, all of them are kind of blurring together. So <laughs> I know. I can't remember. Yeah, I have to go back and review when I'm putting together my show descriptions. I remember, oh yeah, we talked about that. I also like the fact that we've been able to do some call-ins. And um, as Roger goes fun. to college next year, we'll have to do some call-ins from him. That's kind of a little hint to our audience that Roger's probably on the on the runway here. Got you know, yeah, I don't know, maybe, I'm definitely maybe taxiing more weeks. towards. Yeah, <laughs> he's on the plane anyway. Yeah, I know that Winnie's got a busy summer, so there's going to be some weeks that she'll miss because of mm-hmm. work and travel, and so. You know, we'll we'll, we'll kind of put some well, things together. Pretty much, together. just be Penelope. <laughs> no, <laughs> just be Penelope. We've, we we'll we can call like, Victoria. No. We can call Alex. We can maybe um, we can Hogan will be back. Hogan, on. yeah. Katie, I'm sure Hogan. Yeah, that's right. We can have we can have Katie guest appear, and we can also yeah. have um, who's the guy from Alabama, Russell. Oh yeah, yeah, Russell. That's <laughs> like yes. So okay, that's cool. Um, I forgot about him. He called on once. He needs yeah. to actually come to the studio. Well. Maybe invite there's an opportunity. Him. Yeah, maybe yeah. I should invite him. I'm yeah. sure he'd be excited. Why didn't we bring donuts for this? I was so waiting. I really was hoping because yeah. I was sitting there at the desk outside thinking, all right, nobody's here yet. I wonder if they're out. They talked last week about bringing either cookies or donuts. Forgot. I wonder if someone's going to surprise me. To. <laughs> I'm sorry. I forgot donuts. Next. Were you supposed to pick them up? I thought you were. Me? Yeah. Celebrate myself? I thought you guys would be happy to bring me donuts for yeah. leading the discussion oh. for 30 weeks. All right, let's 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 end with a little bit of special music for me. We did a little mariachi at the beginning with a solo trumpet. Now let's see if we've got something else mariachi-like. <laughs> oh, yeah. La cucaracha, which Penelope means what? The cockroach. 
Can you picture a little cockroach up on his hind legs dancing? Eating don't cockroaches have chip? more than? Don't Doesn't cockroaches that make have like six legs? Doesn't that make you happy? No, no I mean, it doesn't make me cockroach. sad. No, 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 not. <laughs> all right, we can cut the music, but oh, um, <laughs> not thinking about the cockroach as much as <laughs> doesn't that have a light, unserious? Yeah. It's oh, it yeah. just especially coming out of such a serious topic. It's also nice to have a light send off, right? Yeah, a light cockroach. All right. That's all the time we have today, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks again to our icebergs, our producer, and to all of our listeners and supporters these 30 episodes. In the never-ending battle for hearts and minds, we aim to find and develop young men and women who, like the men of Issachar, understand the times and who know what to do. And how can we know what we're to do unless we believe what is true? My name is Kevin Kukaji, and you've been listening to Jesus and the Meteorologist. Meteorologist.